Hey, welcome to another episode of the Northwest MX Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Lancaster. Uh, today I sit down with uh, Brendan Huffman um, at the, uh, actually we, we do this one in my van at Washougal. Um, he's been doing the uh, corner track out in the field for the nice winter days. And man, we had great weather in the Northwest today. So I sat down with him in the van and we kind of chatted about what it's like to live here at, uh, at Washougal and kind of his past racing career and, and a little bit of the future of, of maybe something that could happen at uh, Washougal. Um, so anyhow, it's a cool one and it's, a uh, it's, uh, it's been fun getting to know Brendan a little bit more and, and, uh, over the years and, uh, and him taking over more of the track. So, uh, anyhow, thanks for listening and, uh, let's get to the show. But real quick, let's thank some of our sponsors. So first off, Fox Racing, their new V3 RS helmet. And uh, this is something that I've been able to test up here in the Northwest before it came out. It just did launch. And their new uh, MIPS Integra system is is a pretty slick system. Um, again, any helmet that you're wearing out there, you should be wearing some sort of a helmet that has some sort of a rotational management system. And that's what the MIPS is. The carbon shell, the speaker uh, recess um, even those off-road guys, it has a hydration system, uh, set up for it. And the coolest part is it comes with all kinds of spare parts with an extra visor, uh, extra cheek pads. So one size thicker and thinner cheek pads along with uh, a mud visor for us up here in the Northwest. So thanks to Fox racing. You can see more at foxracing.com. Of course, our longtime friends, Deval racing, the X shot hole shot system. Um, <laughs> I've had to borrow one a few times. Um, Garrett actually uh, gave me a fresh one for my uh, KX450, but uh, I used that to grab a few hole shots at last year with the boys up there at the um, Northwest Vet MX Series at Washougal. So thanks to Duvall Racing, and uh, you can f- find out more there at DuvallRacing.com. And again, longtime friends, uh, Fusion Graphics. Um, I always joke that uh, they'll make you look fast even when you're slow. And uh, as the older I get, the slower I will get. So I guess I'm going to have to go grab myself some new Fusion Graphics. So thanks to those guys. Check out FusionGraphics.com. Now, off to the show. All right, Brendan Huffman, what's it like living at Washougal? What's it like growing up at Washougal? It's the best backyard you could ever have. There's <laughs> nothing better than this place, I don't think. What's your uh, What's your first memory of here? Boy, probably my cousin Kyle building me over by where my grandpa, grandma and grandpa's show used to be. Yeah. I had this little like old school kind of Stasic thing and he used to build me some, uh, build me like a Stasic track with like the fur needles and I'd just ride that all day. Like would never stop. Yeah. Was this like, uh, I mean, growing up in the family, right? Was this something that, did you know what Washougal was or was it just like me going to like my uncle's house or something? You know what I mean? Like. Did you re- did you know that this was like a big track or like you know this I, is like a crazy probably when I was in like it was after my parents split up and I was living in Roseburg and down there that's still pretty popular because that's where we're all from yeah and uh, I'd say like oh I'm going to the national this year and like they're like oh yeah that place is awesome and they're like how do you where do you get tickets I'm like I don't get like when I was young I was like what's a ticket like I don't right, know you don't know so I was like no I just go there and my family like runs it and they're like what and then like I, like that's when I guess you would realize like it was something but when I was a kid I, I don't know it was just like my grandpa runs the place I couldn't tell you anything right but I, yeah it's a I remember I, I can't remember maybe I'm guessing I was probably 14 15 or something and I remember having to leave because we'd always show up Tuesday before the national, right? Yep. And you're just here the whole time. And I had to leave to go do something. I can't remember what it was. 
and I had to uh, go in, and I was down in Portland or wherever I was at, driving down 205 or whatever. And I was like, what, what are all these people doing? Like, they should be at the track right now. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that there was life outside of dirt bikes, basically, right? Like, the biggest show comes to town, which yeah. is, you know, the national comes to Washougal. And i mind blown that people didn't know what it was. Like, I was like, how could you not know? This is the coolest shit that I've ever seen in my life. Like, how would you, why would you not want to come up here? Opposite you know? for me, it's like, uh, like, I never leave this place for pretty much from, like, July 6th to 24th. I've been right. every day. Like, I don't even go to town. Yeah. So when people are like, yeah, it's such a, like, a shit show. Like, even just showing up, I'm like, I I couldn't tell you what it looks like. I, I'm, I'm here the whole time, so I don't know, like, yeah. the semi showing up or, like, the, like, River Road. I know it gets packed, but I, I wouldn't know. I'm... I mean, when you live here, you don't have to worry about it. Well, I think it's behind the scenes of the national too. Like that is it's, if anybody's, you go see anybody at work doing whatever, right? Like they're just in their regular routine of like getting shit done or doing whatever. Right. So it's, it's a, when you're here working, you're trying to put the work in, it's, it's, that's your goal. That's what you're doing. Right. That's where that's how you're going through it. So, um, it, and that's the hard part is what I always say is that when you work in the motorcycle industry or at a track, I mean, it's obviously that is the motorcycle industry, you get paid to do what other people pay to do. Yeah. Right. So it's hard for a lot of people to realize that like, oh yeah, we're, you know, you just go to Washougal, you know, like, and you know, the, everybody pays to come up here to ride, you know, I mean, right now, me and you, we're sitting in my van, right. And we're overlooking the track that you built out in the field. Yeah. And all these people are having a killer time. I mean, it's it's February in the Northwest. We don't usually get weather like this, right? No. And so it was killer. I mean, I had plenty of struggles with how deep the ruts were today, <laughs> but I'm just going to throw that out as uh, I had one, I had two beers at Christmas and that was the problem. <laughs> that was the <laughs> that, it's just following through. Right. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> two beers. So, um, but with that being said, like it's hard and i think a lot of people that you know like the the issues that like promoters have or back and forth or you know track owners it's people don't realize that this is also a business you know and that's what you're i mean you're getting thrown into the ring right now because you're starting to figure that all out too and all of a sudden you're going like oh the the dozer broke again or you know we need to get this or you know you see all this stuff kind of coming through and and i know like i mean what, what do you maybe how many years in now are you to kind of helping helping your dad like run a lot of stuff or like running a lot of stuff. I'd say the last, this will be the third year. Like my dad's like, okay, so I'll be 24 this year. So he's like, okay, you're 2021. Like, do you want to race or you like, what? And I'm like, I'll just help this place out. If I can ride my dirt bike my whole life and help this place, it's the same thing to me. So right. might as well help him. But I'd say the last three years is when yeah, I've like stepped into like, like I run the water crew now. I run the dozer when I can. Like yeah. I just kind of stepped into that. My dad doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Right. Or tie, tie right. Crandall. Yeah, and it's well. It's funny. Like I mean, the Crandall there. That's another family that's been up here forever. And and uh, the you know, it takes a. It's the. Uh, it's just like having children. I know you. At least you don't know you have any children. But <laughs> I hope not. Unless Keely's pregnant, but I really don't hope that's the plan. Uh, Tell Ty Crandall. Yeah, that. you're 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 a little young for <laughs> for that to happen. But um, the saying uh, when you do get to uh parenthood is that it takes a village right yeah. to, to raise a child right uh it's the same thing to put on a race like this right mm-hmm. it takes a village to put it you know put everything together you know when when you're talking about a big a big race like that too so each individual thing has somebody that has to figure out how to make it happen so um 
so yeah, so you're a couple years into doing that. What's the, what's kind of like the mind blowing thing for you? Was it just more of less like, oh, this is a business or this is, you know, this is the track does operate this way. Like, cause you, you used to be in it for more of the fun side. Then all of a sudden now you're like, this is how you make your money. That's where we were like, just like my, but like I used to hang out like at the track with my buddies and yeah. now it's like. I ride around and like just check like how the track looks, yeah. and then after people are done racing, that's when people get to hang out and have fun. Yeah. Well, that's when I get busy. Like I'm on the dozer, yep. and then like I water, right. and then that's like that's it. Like it's no like where four years ago, like they're like you want to water? I'm like screw you guys. I'm gonna go hang. Like it's the weekend. Like right. let's hang out and like yeah. But now it's like just gotta grow up. And I always said that was the the hardest part about being an announcer too, is because you're in the tower, you're basically. You got to wake, literally wake up everybody and say, you know, wipe the sleep out of your eyes, get on your gear. You know, it's time to go to the, you know, yeah, I know your first practice. <laughs> and they probably you gotta don't go to the go track, first right? And then you got to yell at all the people that sneak out in the wrong practice. So out of the gate, you're already a bad guy. <laughs> and then you're, yeah, you're up there all day. And even if friends come up to the tower to say, hey, it's like, you're still, you still have to do your job of announcing everything. So you can't really BS with them, you know? No. And then you're literally like talking about all of your buddies all day. And like talking to them all day long, right? From in the tower, and then final moto's over. You finally put the mic down and you go out, and it's like a, it's like a nobody's there. A, you know, everybody already left. Yeah, They're like, oh, we're out of here later. Yeah. You know, type of a deal. So it's, yeah, I could, I could see that for sure. It's, I mean, even you know the track here, like the, you know, the corner track. Like you, you uh, yesterday, you know, when people were done. You jumped in the cat and went out there and started disking everything up. So, yeah. Um, how did, how did this start? How did the corner track at Wash Eagle start? So, corner tracks have been my favorite tracks ever. Like, we used to just ride, like, on the west side of the property, like, by Mike Bell's house. Right. And it'd just be, like, a legit grass track. Like, I'd just go ride, and then, like, in two weeks, like, there'd actually be, like, a three-foot lane yeah. of, like, there'd be a rut in the turn. And right. then the ruts would just get so bad, you'd just start moving. Yeah. Until you got a smooth one. Right. Well, then my brother Graham, three years ago, had a birthday party, and he, uh, he, uh, um... My dad's like, I'm just going to go out in the field and rip a couple turns and just have a birthday party for Graham and all of his buddies to ride. Yeah. And that's like October. I'm like, oh, if you just start allowing that, like, game over. Like, <laughs> I, I'll i take this serious. And it started with, like, the corner track was a minute long, so three years ago. And then last year was, like, a minute and 40. And then yeah. now it's, like, a two-minute long track. It's just as wide as the main track, and it's, like, an outdoor track. And it's the best training you can get. Yeah, the, the ruts get insanely deep i mean obviously it's it's only run through the winter time when when weather allows and that's why it gets it gets so deep but it's really cool you know today i was sitting out there just in the middle just kind of like just by myself just sitting there like watching everybody like enjoy it and like you know watching the kids like really i mean these kids on 65s like some of the ruts are taller than the handlebars when they're like especially if they're leaned in a little bit right um and the way the track's built too it's like like it kind of shoves you to that inside so they like they don't know how to move, so they right. still hit the rut, and they're, like, like three feet to the left. There's, like, a six-inch rut, but, no, they're still just going to go, like, right. right in the deepest one. And just They'll get stuck. Yeah, and, yeah, it's, it's just cool seeing, like, people. I mean, that's with any track, though, just watching people, like, interact with, like, the raceway. And it's, like, a, you know, like, this is kind of, like, you, the track that you've kind of put together. Like, watching people, like, interact with, like, a section that you built or, like, you know, it's. 
I've done it a few times where you get on the dozer after something's been ridden and it's funny as you're driving around like pushing dirt or prepping it you're seeing literally every line right yeah. so you're like whoa check that out or look at this or i can't believe that it's like yeah but deep. above view like like right. on the bike you're like so foot like you're kind of just tunnel vision right or on the dozer like when you're in it you're you got that like four foot raise and it's like you can just see you're like well i wouldn't even like i'll see a line I'm like why the hell was i hitting that one like right. oh, <laughs> yeah. i didn't see that when i was on the bike <laughs> like yeah no it's it's fun just checking out and, and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of people that come out and just enjoy it. And you can see it like in everybody just hanging out, like enjoying the sun, you know, cause it's something up here in the Northwest, right. That in uh, other areas of the country, you know, it's like the, you take it for granted, right. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, the sun's out. Let's I think drive, my favorite you know? part about the corner track is like, I've had Benny Bloss comment and like that place looks sweet. And it's like in the Northwest, like everyone, like, like I'll just like use like real deal or like Saba Max or something. Yeah. Like they have those kind of tracks and they can ride that all year. Right. Where like us, it's like, we couldn't, like, people just think, like, the nor- Northwest, it's not that gnarly. But if you ride this track, it's, like, I mean, it's pretty gnarly. It's weird. Like, today it got really tacky because I think it probably got turned up a lot yesterday because this is Sunday and you rode on Saturday, too. Yeah. But um, that's what I was having a problem with is just keeping myself on the bike. Like, my forearms just each corner, like, as soon as you let the clutch out, the bike wants to take off because it's so tacky, right? So yeah. then you're dragging yourself up the bike to try to get up far enough so you don't fall off the bike, you know? And, like, the S-turns, you're going back and forth and back and forth, and it's just, like, you're constantly just There's dragging. no breathing either. It's yeah. like you're, like, you're, like, that middle section down there where we're looking, it's, I call it the Loretta section. You're yeah. in one rut, and, like, you're, right. you're stuck. Like, you're not moving. Oh, yeah. I went out the first <laughs> session today, and then I came back in, and, like, I just got some water and like, you know, check fuel or whatever. Went back out all the lines that I was just riding gone. Gone. Like it's changed up and you know, different which may you know keeps you on your toes and then yeah. and then it gets the evolution is then it gets to the point to where like first few session changes a bunch, then the, all the lines are kind of set and then it's like you're just going like, Okay, well this one's pretty out of control like <laughs> Like there's a couple holes out there that would just catch you off guard. Yeah. But you just learn to ride those, you know, the holes start to push through and some of them end up pushing into the other lane and then oh. it's, it's, yeah, it's a good time. But, um, what about your, ra- what about your racing career? Like, did you ever want to, I mean, your dad's obviously a legend in Northwest yeah. and just, you know, moto in general. Right. Um, did, was that a pathway that you wanted to, to go? I mean, I should say all of us wanted to go that way. Yeah. Right. But was that something that. Do you look back on that now wishing you would have put more time into that? Or do you think that maybe this is the direction like a, as a track manager or something like that, that, that you should go? I think. Cause you would be, I mean, let's just, let's just be real. Like Levi kitchen, right? Like yeah. he's off traveling around racing right now. You know, it's like you would kind of be a ride around him, you know, for the most part. So, um, but you're here, you're here prepping the track. Yeah. You know? I think if my racing was, I don't think. I mean, I, maybe just the Huffmans, we have, like, some talent. Like, we can get on a dirt bike and we just know yeah. how to ride. I think that wasn't the question. It was just my drive. Like, I could, like, one day I would want it, and then one day I'm, I, I'm a mental case. Like, yeah. if something weird would click in my head, like, I don't want to ride. Yeah. I just wouldn't ride. Like, it's just, I don't know. And then I just started, once I started helping here, and then, like, Grandpa Ralph, like, the, the year before he passed away, yeah. he's like, I just want to see this place run for another 50 years. Yeah. And I was like, well after my dad and my uncle rod like i just want like who's gonna right. rod's like 60 dad's i can't believe my dad's about to be 50 that's what's that doesn't sound good <laughs> makes me sound old i'm almost half his age i'll be 24 yeah but after like in 20 years rod's gonna be 80 dad's gonna be 70 like who's i might as well try to learn everything i can yeah 
and just learn it and hopefully we keep it going where it's going to be a place for the next 50 years yeah and i mean that's the goal like that's why i always try to help out as much as i can is it's it's evolution will never stop right it's going to keep going and keep going and keep going and and something that like grandpa did great is like he always tried to buy up land around the track here Mm -hmm. right and there's 300 acres here roughly that you know is used for something right um there's either the moto track or the the trails or you know the woods and you know and even the woods though i mean that's that has to be here because that's what feeds the pond which is what feeds the watering system for the track so it's like you can't it's all it's all being used right yeah one thing leads into the next like if we lose one it's probably gonna yeah down the line we might lose a different thing that we won't even know about until we actually right need it no that's cool to hear you that's cool to hear you talk about because that's a lot it's something that a lot of like kids or like younger generation like they just assume everything is here it, you know maybe take some stuff for granted or like yeah. you know what i mean like, like i'll like work wise like if this is my work like i'm very lucky like in a way i'm spoiled like there's who wouldn't want to work yeah. at a motocross track and like i don't know there's nothing i mean it's I w- it's a lot of work though yeah no yeah it's yeah it's not i mean right now I mean, like me and cody crandall we've been We've been burning for the last three weeks and just like straight from all the branches and yeah, stuff that like fell down during the storm. That winter yeah. storm, there was, I, three hundred acres is not take easy to take care of. Right. Yeah, yeah. Clarify burning. Some people would be like, "Oh, you're just up there burning, <laughs> yeah. huh?" Yeah, no, not burning. No, not that. Cody's a little young, and I, I'm not into that. But no, like burning, like full on trees, limbs. Yeah. like it just it takes a while to get this place going. And Mike Bell, he's still. He's 62 and just cranking it out. I mean, that, well, he, and he's somebody else. I mean, we're all getting older, yeah. right? So I mean, Mike Bell in 20 will be 80. Four, yeah, 40 this year. Yeah, he'll probably still look the same. Still, uh-huh. He'll still be yelling at all the kids. He says one day he'll <laughs> die here, and if it starts, if we haven't seen him in a couple of days, he's probably stinking up the place. So. <laughs> I don't want to walk into that. So, yeah, I'm good. That can be Dad's job, maybe. Yeah. Well, let's, let's hope that that doesn't happen anytime soon. But no, um, but no yeah, I mean, the whole crew – you know, is, is, uh, I mean, that's a, it's a story in its, in itself, but, um, you know, I've always said Wash Eagle is like a magical place because it's like the amount of people that we see here today, like riding around having fun or just the people that you meet just randomly up here or just the, every, everyone that's on crew here has just an insane story or like how they ended up here, how that they have, you know, their dad came here at some point, then they ended up here or, you know, down to like, even like Andy running the gate, you know, like how he just basically showed up here one day and they were like, yeah, we need a guy to run the gate. And he's been here for, I can't remember. It might be 30 years, maybe, or 25 years. No, uh, it might, he, it might be 25. I think it's, he's it's, a little less than Papa Crandall, I think. Yeah. Papa Crandall's been here when he was, he saw the dirt be made. That's true. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Papa Crandall's been here probably since what? Early eighties. Uh, the story that I forget what it was. I need to I I need to get the full story out of him because we've chatted off and on about some of the documentary stuff for Washugal, but he was here in the mid seventies and so he I'm was the off. one that put the uphill in. Oh, so yeah, so, so I'm wrong. Yeah, so yeah, that's young buck. I don't because know they were riding the lower part of the track and there was just a little trail that went up where Horsepower Hill is, and uh, I think it was DeMeo was the one that was running it back then and he de mayo i i did a school report on how to do like washington state history i'm like hey can i just do it on my grandpa's motocross track so then i did uh i did it and it was like the stoffers who live like just down the road they own like a little i think they have like milk cows or something yeah they uh dairy cows not milk cows dairy cows and 
I guess they were like up here. They had like the tractors and stuff. And I was like, I didn't know like. Well, this used to be a French dairy farm. Yeah, so maybe they were part of it. You know, maybe it was up here. I don't yeah, because he he talks about coming in, like just showing up, and there's just cattle walking around. He's like, oh, this would be a cool place to ride dirt bikes at. Yeah. So they made the lower track, and then there was just a dirt trail, like a literally like a hill climb was Horsepower Hill, and I think Papa Crandall was the story he says is that they you know he's like let's make it go up that, and they're like no. It's the too many big rocks up there. And he's like, he's like, I'll get on the cat and go push those out of the way. So those are all the big rocks at the top of the hill is what Papa Crandall was able to push out. And as you know, like a foot underneath that is just bedrock at the top of the hill. Like that's why you got to mine all the dirt and push it over the top of of horsepower hill every year. But yeah, to the right of horsepower hill in the valley, that's where we get all of our dirt. And every year it's like, okay, we got, let's go get two feet of dirt. Like we got to pack it in. Well, it's like that for, I remember, uh, trying to help Edub after uh road jump back down into the woods because it's there's only it's only so wide right there and he's like dude what do i do here this is like before the national a few years back and i'm like dude let's make it like loop around back down here and come back up and he goes i'd love to do that but it's bedrock like two feet underneath this so it's like i, I only have so much dirt to move around here and that's kind of, you know he's got a good s turn and then there was a couple of trees i think that ended up coming down a couple of years ago so he's able to move it over a little bit further but yeah speaking but yeah. of that section we every year we have there's six trees that not big trees but big enough that we want to cut yeah. so we can go towards that's where matthew shirley camps right and if we can go towards the creek more and then come down so it's not so one line in that section after the road jump but dad's not for it so i think Ida boy says, let's just all pitch in a couple hundred dollars and send my dad and Shelly to Hawaii <laughs> for like a couple of weeks and he'll come back and those trees will be cut and we'll have some stuff figured out. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like more, you know, more area, more problems, right? Cause then you're pulling more water lines. I mean, there's a water line on the outside there, but yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's just interesting. The more workings that you find out about certain areas of the track, cause that's what a lot of people would say like, Oh, just do this, do that. And it's like, just rip deeper. I'm like, Oh, water line goes under the track. So <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you can't just. In our dirt, it's not the it's not just a rip. The deeper you rip it, like it's moisture is everything with our track. If it's not wet, you ain't getting right. It's immediately blue groove. We all know that. Right, our shoe is not soft. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like yeah, some of those. Yeah, I just can't. <laughs> I can't imagine being Papa Crandall just on some old seventies dozer, <laughs> just going up horsepower hill. I mean, I've never been up and in a dozer. I just went up the step up in the skid steer one time. And it scared the shit out of me. I turned around and went up backwards just so I could control it with the When with I walk the in the road jump, I don't have enough. Like, I'm getting decent on a dozer. I don't have enough sack to go up the road. Like, when Eda builds it for the national, yeah. it's like a backflip lip. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm going up. Like, it's, I go up backwards every time. And, like, I'm standing, like, feet out, just all pressure. It's, oh, it scares you, the shit out of me. Do you remember the first time you drove a dozer here? Whew. Yeah, it was like, yeah, that was not pretty. But I was probably 14. It was like right when I moved up here from Roseburg for my mom to move up to my dad. Yeah. And I think we were washing it, and it was a rental, and we had to take it back. Yeah. And I got on it, and my dad's like, okay, so that's the gas pedal is a deaccelerator. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means, but sure. Yeah. So I got in it, and I'm all backwards, and I made it, but still, one day I'll probably leave the rippers down and just yeah. leave a mark, like, all the way by Mike Bell's house and by the bathroom, but I haven't done it yet, so... I did that once here in the cat. I left the rippers down, but it was when we were over here by the UTV track and I just had to jump in it because I wanted to fix something. It was like right after practice. Right. And I just jumped in it like, and you know, 
picked the blade up and then I just, I only went like five, six feet. Right. And then I was like, Oh shit, left the rippers down. Right. But it, you know, it's luckily I was in the field. They didn't destroy anything. You know, There's but, a couple, I forget who it was, but we were, someone drove a dozer probably five years ago from where our dumpster is. Like right when you come up by Louisville yeah. and left the rippers down from the dumpster. I don't know how you don't feel it. Cause like when your rippers down, <laughs> right. like you, you're not like moving very quick. Yeah. And he had rippers down from the dumpster all the way to the uh, fence by like entering in the whoops. So like <laughs> over 140 yards of like just oh, yeah. straight, like through the main road. Yeah. Like it was like, I forget time, who it was. I time was, to redo the road. Yeah. I was like, that's <laughs> the last time you're running a dozer here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always liked the skid, skid steers are always my favorite just because it's like a, a dozer is more of like, let's get shit done. Let's oh, move shit. dirt. Let's rip stuff. Let's do whatever. I like the skid steers and building like, I've always just building arena cross tracks over Finesse. the day. Yeah. Just, Oh, let's, let's buff this berm out. Let's make this lip look perfect. You know, yeah. like that whole type of thing. And it's quick. Like, like, I like I hate driving our backhoe. Like I hit a bump and I feel like I'm just rolling the thing. Right. And my dad's like, get in the backhoe and move some sawdust. I'm like, I'd rather drive the skid steer. Yeah. And or uh, Cody Crandall says operate. It's not driving. Right. Operate the skid steer, and uh, it takes me probably twice as long because the bucket's twice as small. But right. I can get shit done way faster on a skid steer than a backhoe. Like I'd I'd roll it. Right. It, yeah. I well, it's it. rubber tired too, and you know the, yeah. the whole thing. But yeah, that's. Yeah, skid steer is definitely the move. Yeah, it's uh, and you run, you actually run the throttle with your foot, right? Yeah, see, I don't do the. Yeah, you don't you don't let her run. No, I do throttle with RPM. the foot because uh, the only time I do throttle with the foot is when I'm like during the national or like adding sand to the track. Yeah, I can just go wide open and it's easier to like finesse the sand out or the sawdust on the track. But when, like, you, when you go full rabbit, yeah, when I go full <laughs> rabbit, yeah, not turtle, no, no Brendan speed, full <laughs> rabbit. And then uh, that's when I run it like that and one of the rototiller. Yeah. Because yeah, the rototiller, just, the more RPMs you give it, the it right. spins faster. So that's definitely when it's all the way open. But when I'm, like, actually operating it, when I'm trying to be, like, perfectly clean, yeah, it's like I just figured out, like, foot control, like, foot speed and just so I don't mess yeah, it the, up. The, yeah, that rototiller is kind of wild on that thing. Yeah, but yeah it's, it's bad luck. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that the amount of time that, I mean, Peterson – cat is a pretty badass sponsor because the amount of time that gets put on the machines around here is yep. insane yeah, yeah i have the guy's number i have is isaac and that's probably well, i wouldn't say right now but probably april to september i'm definitely in a phone call with him a couple times a week yeah <laughs> he like yeah at first he even had my phone number he would just like he remembered it the last four yeah. and then he's like i probably should add your phone number he's like that's where i'm starting to kind of like, I used to always call my dad. I'm like, hey, I broke the skid steer. He's like, what are you calling me for? Like, yeah. you can do it. So, like, right. that's where I'm, like, back to that. Like, I've stepped into, like, helping my dad with that stuff. Like, yeah. why call him when everyone else is calling him? Right. Like, I can be one less person. But another thing is, nothing against my dad. Like, love the guy. But he's a little squirrely sometimes. Yeah. So, some pe- I think some people, like, will st- are starting to call me now because they know that, like, I ha- like, I'm starting to help him. And, like, I'm... I know the place pretty well. Right. So they'll like loophole around him and then something will happen and they'll be like, Oh yeah, Brennan said so. He's like, Oh, okay. But like if anyone else would have said like, like if Mike would say it or something, but he'd probably right. be like, no, that's not allowed. Did you, uh, did you butt heads with your dad a lot trying to figure out some of that stuff? Like where you land and like doing certain areas or like water crew or. Yeah. Like he'll, like I added a lot of sand this year mm-hmm. 
Like, I was like, let's just get the freaking track gnarly. Like, yeah. let's just, like, they always complain, like, it's not that gnarly, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then, like, we went to Levi's house after the race in Sexton and Talon Hawkins on them. We're like, yeah, the track was way gnarlier. Like, I want it, like, old school while she going. It's more right. blue groove. I'm like, sorry. I just thought you wanted it gnarly. Yeah. But back to the dad thing, like, uh, I think we're so similar in ways. We just yeah. butt heads, like, on the phone call. I'll call, like, he'll call me. Yeah. And I'll, like. It's we're already like buddy, like it's just how it is. Oh, it's like, father son. I do the same thing with my dad. You know, yeah. I mean, we used to wrestle like not as like, hey, let's wrestle for fun. <laughs> yeah, no, my, I won't wrestle my dad. He's way stronger than me. But and he knows pressure. Wait points. till he turns sixty. Like, yeah, <laughs> give him some time. Right? Thirty, sixty. That sounds perfect. Right. <laughs> uh, it's really the Thanksgiving dinner table. Like, you better shut your mouth. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow your knee out. <laughs> yeah, like, well, that's the thing with father son too. Like, I'll. Like, he see, I'm awful with computers. Like, I'm the young guy, and I should know computers and not my dad. Mm-hmm. No, like, I I just, like, F and, like, I had one computer class, got an F. Like, I didn't care about it. Dude, <laughs> I had typing. In, I did in typing. high school, I, we had typing on typewriters. That's, yeah, I didn't have that. I was, I was, <laughs> I was I'm a little younger. Yeah. No, well, but, actually, I think, I think it was a uh, intro to computer class, I think, maybe my senior year. And I think we actually started using an actual, you know, I took that there, my but it was like freshman year. Yeah, it was a the first typing. My first experience typing in school was on a typewriter, but yeah, it was a newer. T- it was a more of an electronic typewriter. Copy. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the ching. <laughs> <laughs> the, right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, it's like the computer thing with him. I think he wants help with emails. Like he's on. Like you know. You'll call him and you're like, "What are you, what are you doing?" Oh, I'm on my computer. And I'm like, I couldn't like I couldn't just be on my computer that much. Oh yeah, so I'm he's, back and forth with your dad on all kinds of random emails. And I'm stuff. sure, and he uh, he'll just be like, "Yeah, we need to get you a computer and like you can help me with emails." I'm like, "Okay, like I like I'll throw it out there to be like, hey, I can help you,' but I really yeah. <laughs> at some point I'm gonna have to. I need to learn that. But I told I just, you, I, I told you I'd help you, but there, I mean, you, you either have you're either gonna be the old guy at the end of the bar bitching and complaining that those computers took over the world or you're going to figure it out, yeah. you know? And, but you know, I mean, there's the other, there's the other argument though, like AI will just take over and you'll just yeah, be able to be, I mean, it's, dude, it's kind of that way. You can still pull you, you can pull your phone out and be like, whoever you call your phone, I just seen like, a thing email on, so-and-so. You I know? just seen a thing on Facebook and some guy was like, uh, my birthday's coming up soon. So yeah. he grabbed his wife's phone. And it yeah. was like fishing poles, fishing rods, oh, yeah. and like saying a whole bunch of stuff into the phone, so it like automatically pop up. Because oh, yeah. I swear, like, like there was one day my dad was talking about it. We uh, we always put Lysol in our boots because they obviously stink a lot. Yeah. And he mentioned Lysol. Twenty minutes later, grabs his phone. A Lysol ad popped up on his Instagram. He goes, "I never talk about Lysol, but I said it for the boots." And he's like, screw this. This is, like, getting sketchy. Like, how did they just immediately know and pick up on stuff. Well, we're inside of my van out in the field right now. And wait till you open up your phone and you'll have a laptop ads. <laughs> I'll have laptop like, ads. Out, <laughs> I'll have yeah. dozers and skid steers popping up. Yeah, figure out how to uh, how to open this up. No, I mean, that's – and that's but that's just part of the, the business side of things, you know. I mean, yeah. grandpa used to have to do it. Papers. Paperwork. <laughs> literal. It's literal paperwork, right? You yeah. imagine – I mean, that's how – like how? not taking a shit paperwork. Like. No, no, seriously. <laughs> but that's how it used to be. Like it's you know you would have to instead of you know sending an invoice to somebody via email, you're lit- you're writing out that invoice and then you're mailing it to them, and then business would just take that much longer because now you're waiting to get that paycheck back. Or- well, and I think my dad even str- like back in the day, handshake deals were like key. Like oh, they're oh. still with your dad. It's, it's oh, still that's the old hand handshake yeah. deals. There's like yeah, and that'll like always be a thing. I'm like yeah, we probably should uh. 
there needs to be more like a little bit legitimate like like just even like we're working with MX Sports like I've been going to the meetings with my dad like the promoters meetings and all that yep. and like with parking like our the Christmas tree guy on the other side of the road yep. he would never want like the way he is he's like oh yeah just help me out and I don't need money or whatever right. well MX Sports like everything is so like contract now which is legit like you yeah. need it they're like yeah we need it like in paper that you can have parking there right. and my dad's like the guy does like you won't do it yeah, like he won't do it because he doesn't. Well, it's a neighbor he doesn't too. care. Yeah, yeah, like he doesn't care. And MX Sports is like, uh, Kerry Coombs is like, no, we need that. Like to like have it like in writing that we we know we have enough parking. Yeah, I mean that's what, on the MX Sports though. It's their side, right? You got to look at if they're investing all of the money to come here. Like they want to make sure that it's like legit. Well, yeah, but there's you know there's uh, the right amount of equipment here. You know, which mm-hmm. is funny because that's when you really that's when you realize how clapped out someone like the skid steer is here. So I never get, get the, our skid steer. Is when you get the rental one here that's almost due around uh, around national days, and you're like, dude, this thing's pretty tight. I had a race in it uh, after the national. Forget who it was one of the kids that worked here, and I was like, okay, you get in my skid steer, or not my skid steer, but our the track yeah, yeah. skid steer, yep. and then I'll get in the rental. And going by Ludaville, I'm like, I guarantee I'll beat you by like a hundred feet. And yeah. like, this thing's way faster. And right. I, I yarded him. Like, yeah. it, like it, our skid steers collapse. You need some love. Yeah. That's got, I mean, it's, it's had a lot of love, <laughs> yeah. a lot, a lot of rough love out here. Good bouncing around. And I, uh, years ago, uh, me and Roy were building the Enduro cross back there. Right. Oh, by the old BMX track. Yep. So we were, we were just building that and we were back there and we had, uh, that thing and, and we were getting it, just trying to buff it out. And, and I remember I was making the loop to go around the top to back down. And I was balancing on like a, uh, when I was turning around in it, it like balanced up on like a little boulder. And then it started to peel the track off. Oh. But we we knew it, but it was like in the woods. So we couldn't really get So I, I had to like baby the thing out, barely get it down. We got all the way down onto the flat and it just came off enough. And so then, you know, you're we ended up grabbing... So we pop the side cover off so you can With take the grease. Yep, so you can get the grease out so then you can push it together. But we couldn't couldn't push it together, so we had to go get the dozer, bring the dozer over there to push help it on. push it together. And then we had to turn the dozer around. Uh, or I think we used the dozer too to get it off the ground so we could shove some chunks of wood underneath, wood underneath. it. Right. Then we had then we used the dozer to pull the track far enough to then get that on. And then you know it was like it was like one of those things, right? We were like, oh, yeah, we'll go up there. We'll, we'll spend like an afternoon. We'll get the track dialed in, you know? And it was like we were 20 minutes into doing it, and then the, it starts falling By apart. By the time you're over. It, we were bas- <laughs> it was dark when we got the thing back together, and I remember, like, texting your dad or something. I'm like, he's like, how'd it go? I was like, oh, we we moved a couple things around, and then the <laughs> and then the track <laughs> fell off the skid steer, and then we had to get the dozer back there to put it back on, and and uh, I think Bell showed up, and he was just like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" You know, like giving us a hard time. Giving you know, you and I was just like, "Hey, we need some, we need some, we need a couple of grease guns, and we need, you know, we're just covered in grease, and just you know, I, that's the only way to do that job is you just have to go in and." Just last year, the week before the national, the main hydraulic line under the motor went in the skid steer. Like, oh, go really? figure. Like, that's my <laughs> luck, right? And it was I was helping Ed Cox, the guy that helps us up, helps us out a lot up here. And yeah, I'm I'm not a grease monkey. Like I was like underneath that thing, and I was like, that is not. I'll run the equipment. I almost yeah. You gotta have too a hard. Big, you gotta have a big gnarly pair of coveralls, man. It's just to get shit done. Coveralls, I almost did you know? the. My dad was thinking like I got in with Rich Bowen at Peterson, and he was gonna try to help me like do the Peterson cat thing and be like a mechanic. Yeah. And then I really thought about it for like two minutes, and I was like, nope. <laughs> like you're outside in the shitty weather. 
you're un- like fixing the equipment, like you're not even running it, so you don't even get to do the fun part of it. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, it depends on if you're like a field service guy or if you're if you're in the you know in the shop yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's it, service equipment. I mean, that's it's a good job. It's good money because <clears throat> nobody else wants to do it, right? Mm-mm. And if you, yeah, I mean, in any scenario, any industry like that, you know, it's like it's like the old dirty jobs thought, right? Like the the crazier it is, the easier it is. But well, just like our logging, like logging's what our family, like this is what built this place, mm-hmm. like, and I. I don't mind cutting like some trees and doing that kind of thing, but I'll no, I'll never want to like be a logger. No thanks. Oh, it's brutal work. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just you're, you know, there's logging is a lot like in my mind, you know, is a lot like moto, right? Like it's you're giving a certain scenario of like objectives, and you're doing it all over terrain, you know, that's like not, it's not a road. Right? Like what are the chances it is going that way? Or how do I get out of the shitty situation? I think it's, bad. well, it's just the, it's more of, I guess what I was getting to, it's more of like a, a little bit of a, a adrenaline filled too. Right? Oh like yeah. You're going in and dro- <clears throat> dropping trees and shit's flying around. It's just like racing dirt bikes or anything crazy like that. Right. It's just, and it's, I mean, we have a lot of buddies that are loggers too, that are, you know, that race dirt bikes and it mm-hmm. just comes in like hand in hand. And it's just more of the. You have to be in good shape to be a logger, too. What's you, crazy is those guys, they'll drink six Mountain Dews, smoke who knows how many cigarettes, and they can walk up that mountain faster than anyone. There is something about loggers and Mountain Dew. I'll give you that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they they do it. And, they, like, you could put Roxon out there on that mountain, and I guarantee that logger would out-hike Roxon. And Roxon's an early dude. Yeah. it's Well, it's something about learning how to walk on the walk on the logs and walk on, you know, like just, it's just like any sort of terrain, you know? Yeah. You, you learn how to read that terrain. Adapt. You learn how to, well then you, and you know where the dangerous spots are too, you yeah. know, like, um, but yeah, a lot of that, like those, I mean, it goes hand in hand. That's why construction in general, it goes along with dirt bikes. It's like a lot of us are so stubborn and just like get shit done attitude, right. That you're just like, those are the, those are the jobs that like cater towards like the mental side of racing dirt bikes, you know, yeah. for the most part. And it's sometimes it's hard to sit at a computer, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? <clears throat> and try and, and you know when you're when you're doing stuff like that. Like but. I'll call dad. I'll be like, "Hey, yeah, uh, I'm cutting a tree right now. Do you want to come cut it? I'm on the computer. Copy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got it. <laughs> and then right. I'm like, okay. He's like, oh, I'm on a Zoom meeting. I'm like, okay. Like and then most of the time, if he calls me, then I know like he. Well, like, he needs something, but yeah. if I call him, usually it's, like, like not that he's doing something else more, but, like, I can do this stuff up here. If he needs to do that down there, he can yeah. do it. Like, it's just the way it is. How's that? How's living? How's RV life? How's, oh. how's living in the RV? At first, I was sick. Like, <laughs> I was, like, nine, 18, 19. I was, like, yeah, this is. You got the old bounder, the yeah, old family bounder. Family bounder. I was, <laughs> like, yeah, this thing's sweet, like, at, at the track on on my own. And yeah. then four years in, been saving a good amount of money, but just trying to figure out the right. next step. Right. Yeah. But were yeah. you in it when it was five degrees up here and windy and ice? Uh, the first day, it was 42 degrees in there. I had two buddy heaters going on. Yeah. Infrared heaters. And it was colder than shit in there. <laughs> and I called Keeley and I'm like, what are the odds of me just staying at your house uh, right. in the next, like, week yeah and and well it was only gonna be a couple days and then they're like oh freezing rain yeah and i was like screw that so then i couldn't even get their driveway steep mm-hmm. so my truck was like i don't have chains mm-hmm. i didn't have chains they're at my dad's don't have studs 
So there was no way within two inches of ice I was making it down that road. Right. So every time power went out, I feel bad for my dad. I still owe him. He was coming up to help grandma. Yeah. And Mike. So yeah. he was checking on my motorhome when I was gone. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, thanks, but there's no way in hell I'm making it. Took, yeah. I was stuck at their house for five days. Yeah. Yeah, our RV life is, uh, I, we always laugh when we drive our RV around. The RVs that we've had is that every time you use it, you're going to break something. <laughs> Like my water heater, not water heater, thank God, but my uh, water pump went. Yeah. So it's either, it's either you, it's going to be expensive or it's not going to be expensive, but something will break every time. Because, uh, one of my other buddies, Tim, his dad's in the RV business and he just says like, dude, it's a, it's an, it's like a whatever stage five earthquake just going down the road every time. It's just rattling around, you know, it's this box just rattling down the road, you know? Well, there's like, same thing as, uh, like when that, my RV, the Water pump broke. Yeah. I fixed it before once, and it's not that hard. But by mm-hmm. the time you go get a pump, come back, I just called one of our, this guy that comes up, Carlos, yeah, RV repair guy. He, uh, I'll just call him. I'm like, hey, like, I know I could do this, but I'm guessing you have the part in your van. Could you just, like, I'll pay you, like, whatever you need. Yeah. Just come do it. Like, I've right. been there, done that. I'm. <laughs> That's a big step, dude. I have an RV guy, too, River City RV. He's in Sandy, where, where I'm at, and it's, it's funny. He came out, and he's like a... Not like a moto guy, but like he rode dirt bikes when he was younger, you know? So he kind of like gets it. He's like, oh, what's going on? What have you been up to? And I'm like, yeah, just dragging this RV to, you know, races. You know, it's funny, though. My RV really only comes to Wash Eagle. Yeah, the Dream Race. <laughs> dream Race, national. Right. Well, I guess it'd be national, then Dream Race. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've been, we're talking about getting getting something different just to kind of like upgrade and go back to Class C life, you know? Yeah. I like Class C life because you get the van front end, you know? It's mm-hmm. like run, more run like a van. But, um, no, that, that outlaw has been great, but it's it's always one of those scenarios where you're just like, what's what's going to break? What's going on next? And the, luckily, I mean, I, I always do my best to, like, winterize everything before I put it away and put, put the cover over it and everything. And I got everything drained out and dialed in, and that was when all that weather hit. And I was like, this is going to be a gnarly one, you yeah. know? Like, I was uh, so scared. Like I left my water pump or my water heater on the whole time, just to keep it like going. Because right. if I turned it off, it just freezing. Right. Water heaters are probably not cheap. I wouldn't. I haven't broke one yet, but I'm guessing they're not cheap. Right. Do you, is it so run off of gas or is it electric? Propane. Yeah. So yeah. It's a, yeah. And so you, and so what you you were telling me you got to fire that thing up every once in a while and drive it down to the yeah. Drive I it call down the, the <laughs> is it feral gas or I call multiple companies. I'm like, hey, can you like instead of me driving down like. It's not that far. Merck's only like two miles. Right. But I have to like set everything, like get everything in to get the uh, slide out in. Right. So I have to like readjust the whole motorhome. Yep. Then start it and then drive it down. Yep. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm over that. Like they, they, since the tank's built into the motorhome, you can't, right. they can't put uh, propane into it. I'm like, that's stupid. It probably keeps the thing alive though. Yeah. You like have to I, fire it up and you got to drive it down there. Like, I try to start it the, once a couple weeks. Yeah. Just, makes the brakes still work. The, you know, nothing's freezing up. Like, and we put non-ethanol in it too. Yeah. Like it's a little bit more expensive, but since it does sit, it, I'd rather have non-ethanol in there than. Right. Does it sound like you're underneath a waterfall when it rains in that thing? I love it. That's the best part yeah. about motorhome life. Like, yeah. if it's raining, I fall. Like, I'll be knocked out all day. When it's quiet, I can't sleep. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I have problems sleeping anyways. I'll wake up ten times. I'm like an old man. I go pee five times every night. Or really? Six. Yeah, I can't stay up. See, stay I, up. Do, I, I'm I've over the last couple of years, it's, it's like clockwork. It's like two o'clock. I just wake up, and then you know, 
I'm just kind of like get up, like go around the house, like get something to drink, and then I'll like maybe turn the TV on, just like something that's like I'm not into, you know, like some. So you want to fall asleep? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like some, you know, documentary about people that watch paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's. And then that's I'll good sit idea. there for like I don't know, hour or whatever. Like it's usually it's at least an hour before I like go back. Last night, actually, I found a, a tank, uh, rebuilding tank documentary. <laughs> That I watched something from, that you'll never like be involved with, uh, right? But I watched it. It was kind of interesting, but it was from you know I think I was somewhere around from like three a.m. to four a.m. You know, me and Rory always have these conversations because it's like at what time are you like, uh, what? I'm just getting up. You know, I'm turning the coffee maker. I on, haven't set you know. an alarm. The only mornings I set an alarm is the national morning, even though I don't sleep that night. It's just like, what if I did? Like, I have this like in, in right. your head. Like, what if I did fall? Like, not wake up? Yeah. And like, every, like I need to be up, but yeah. like I'm up by like I wake up at five, I wake up at six, yeah, I wake up at seven, or, and then I'm like, okay, I probably should just get up now. Or if it's just like early enough, I just get up then. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like I sleep worse as a promoter than I ever did as a as a racer. Yeah, pre you know before the race, you know, because you're just constantly. I mean, I've been literally laying in my RV, going like, oh, it's two a.m. Um, I don't think anybody picked up any of the garbage around the tower. <laughs> I better go pick that up because, you know, you want, you want it to where the, it's always the older crowd is the, they're the first people up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're cruising in there and I don't want the place to look like shit when they're walking in. Right. So no. it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm like walking around going like, well, might as well clean this stuff up, you know? And it's like 2am at Washougal, like mo- almost everybody's like asleep. Right. <laughs> And you're trying to like clean stuff up, you know, and, and then it's like, it's just those constant things. It's like running through your mind or you're, or you're laying there going like, Oh, uh, I haven't gone through the trophies yet. Like, I hope we got the, the orders right for the trophies. I hope like the X, the new class that we did is in there or it's, it's like the, the 27 plus. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 54 plus world championship. <laughs> yeah. The one and only. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that stuff will just constantly just runs around in your head around and around and around and around. And then it's funny. Like you'll just, you'll get up the next morning or did I don't, maybe I slept two hours. I don't know. Or like even like national week too. Cause it's like the national, the day before the national or the night before. That's just my, like, I don't know why I do it, but I just, like, I'll just stand and watch people. Because, yeah. like, usually shit's getting, like, funny and gnarly, like, cops are involved or whatever. Yeah. But, like, last year I stayed up until 2.30. Like, I yeah. had videos of, like, some person just, like, eating it. Yeah. And, like, they're just absolutely drunk and they're yelling at the cops. Yeah. And then I'm up at 5. I get a phone call at 5. Tw- no. 5.45 from Andy Wells. Waterline broke in the pro pits. Are you up? I am now. <laughs> right. Day start, that's how the national day started. Yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yep. I, yeah. I've heard plenty of those waking up earlier. You just, you know, it's like you're not, you try to be like, you're not up all night, but it's like by the time, by the time it gets dark, right? Usually everybody is working until it gets dark to prep for the next day of amateur day or, Any day, or the national, right? Yeah, weekend. it's normal, right? So by the time the sun finally sets, then you're like, I'm going to go eat, you know, I'm going to grab like a, you know, grab a beer or whatever and just like try to relax after the day and then, you know, get to sleep. But then it's like, that's when everybody else is on like cloud nine. Well, they're on vacation mode. They're at the, they're at the national. They, you know, this is yeah. what they, this is a, you know, to some people like the nationals, they're one thing that they like go to a year, you know, I mean, dude, it's like how the calendar works for my dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's I like, have people like, you know, even just, uh, who is. Oh, my buddy, Kurt, he goes, he has family that comes up to the national. He's like, oh, like, oh, uh, you want to meet Brendan? Or no, they, they ask, uh, we want to meet Brendan. And Kurt's like, these next two weeks, 
you don't want to meet him now. Like yeah. he might be an ass. Right. <laughs> he's like, like he's not one to talk. Like not, I'm not that I don't want to talk to people, but there's just, I turn to my dad. I'm a squirrel. Like I'm yeah. burning, come over here, burning, come over there. So it's just like, right. There's just too much going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting. I'm, you talk about those MX sports meetings. Uh, I'm, I used to go to some of those here at the national and I remember one, I think I had a little too much fun the night before and it was yeah one of those like 6 a.m. MX sports meetings over at the truck over here and I I was a bit hungover <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I went over there and I was sitting and, and we had to go through the uh, NBC time schedule and so it was like everything is down to the minute and this is when I was doing dream race stuff right. And so I was basically there just letting everybody know that, yep, this will be, this is the time slot that we'll, that I'll have everybody like, I'll do the riders meeting. This is the time slot that we'll have everybody up the back of the starting line. And this is the time slot, you know, they get, they get their, uh, four lap race. Right. And so it's, you're just sitting there going through like all the time and I'm just sitting there like sweating, <laughs> you know, cause you're just like, you know, one, you're, it's wild to see all of that happen. You know, I'm mean, like when you're first thrown into like some of those meetings and you're just like, wow, it's definitely not like they're just dropping the gate around here. Like, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a, there's an insane back into it, but, um, but it was just, again, it was one of those things where like, I slept like shit, like, you know, I was just probably having a little bit too much fun that night too. Like, um, and yeah, you're just going like, oh man, <laughs> like with my, like my first meeting, I think it was, I was 17. And my dad's like, you want to go to a promoter's meeting? I'm like, nah, sure. Yeah. I'm really scared. <laughs> like, what am I, I don't know what to expect. And it went, like, everything was fine, but it's just, it's like, good. everything's so business, which is good. Like, that's how it works. But even, even you just putting an ear to it, right? Like, you're gaining that experience of hearing, like, yeah. oh, this happens, or hey, we need to think about this, or, you know, there's, there's so many other things, like, the amount of conversations you have with, like, random riders here at the track, or, like, random people where they just go, like, Oh, hey, you guys should do that. And then you're like, well, we can't do that because of all of these reasons, right? Because you've, those are reasons you've dealt with, like, in, you know, in the past. Like, earlier you were talking about, like, you know, the, the dirt has to have the correct moisture in it. That's the correct moisture that's been in it for weeks ahead of time. It's not like, oh, let's just water heavy. T- you Tonight. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right? it's not. Um, so it's water has to be in it. Yeah. But that's all, that's all, lear- you know, learning the, the, the reasons why, you know, like all of those, all of those things need to happen or like, you know, you talk about like camping, like people coming into the facility, people leaving the facility. Like, how do you get the people like moving around the correct spot? Like, you know, we were looking at an old photo, like an air or a above photo from like an airplane back in the, I think it's, it's the late eighties here at Washougal and we're just laughing because we could only count like six porta potties for like the whole national, you know. And now there's, I don't even. I should know the number, but there's a lot more than six. Oh yeah, I bet you. <laughs> I bet you porta potty rentals is one of the bigger line items for cost for the national too. Like renting Easy. some of that stuff. Plus, know? they're coming and cleaning every right every day or every other, at least every other. I'm guessing every day. Are you stirring them up like Grandpa used to do to get no, no? put a firecracker in there? And- <laughs> I think that's a. I think there's a story of some kid put a firecracker in there, and I think Grandpa went in there and grabbed him by the shirt and took care of business. Oh, really? Yeah. You want to? <laughs> he he, he cleaned he cleaned the bathrooms the rest of the week. Yeah. At the national. <laughs> I think that's the only t- yeah, not only time. There's probably other ones, but yeah, Grandpa laid into him. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, uh, well, th- that's r- the red bud action that goes down there, like. I would like to see Redbud's contract 
<laughs> with the porta potty guy because he has to take about three, four of them out of there that are a pile of molten plastic because they set them on fire and oh, you know sure. throw them over. We did uh, we did an event called the Wild One, and it was a flat track race, and it was a one of the wildest party races I've ever been to because the next day there was a porta potty down on its door, dude inside of it passed out. <laughs> There was a guy, I found a guy asleep on a, like, I think it was like an XR100, leaned up against a power pole, <laughs> like just had passed out on the bike. We had to move a guy off of the sign-up table. He slept on the sign-up table so we could start sign-up. Like people are showing up, like basically like, I yeah, sign-up's over here. We got to right right his belly. Just Dude, like... people were, yeah, it was, it was up at uh, Castle Rock. People were asleep in the grandstands, like woke up to practice starting. You know, just like, oh, what's going Sounds like a pretty on? good event. Oh, dude, it was out, it was out of control, but um, that's why that event doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't pass. No one wants to be a yeah, part of the, it. Yeah, the uh, liability uh, of doing something, It's that's usually the rule of thumb. The funner an event is, the crazier the liability is of, of doing some of this stuff. And, and that's the crazy scenario about, like, just keeping places like Washougal open is, like, you're constantly just fighting against a numbers game all the time, right? And that's the hardest part about you know running an event or like being on a track is like you know that like you know if 500 people are coming through the gate and it's a race day, somebody's leaving an ambulance, <laughs> somebody's breaking an ankle, somebody's breaking a collarbone, and then the flip side of it, right, is somebody's standing at the top of the podium with a trophy. Somebody got their first race win. Somebody did their first race, you know, or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And that's just a crazy first hole shot. And right. That, that's a crazy scenario of like, that's just, it's just a numbers game. Every time somebody's, I mean, we're doing racing, we're racing stuff that can't even stand up on its own. Like it's going to fall over. Right. Yeah. And so you put all those people in all, you know, it's just, that's, it's, that's how the dice get thrown. Right. You just, you just, you don't know, you yeah. know, and uh, you know, chatting with a lot of like the, first aid guys here you know like this just the stuff that you know they have to deal with you know and it's like hats off to those guys because it's like they're they're dealing with somebody's worst story or nightmare that they're going to have the rest of their life every time they're up here yeah you know and so it's like they're all up in the town you know it's like hey how's it going oh yeah we had a transport today and this happened and that happened you know and you're just like oh man you know and like sometimes i mean some days there's not a whole lot of anything and then some days all of a sudden you're like man it's something yeah that's something in the air today you know that's just a tough job in general just like like i don't do good with that stuff like hunting wise that stuff don't bother me but if something and if a person's broke game over like i don't want oh really yeah yeah like yeah keep me and keely like she's got me into the Grey's anatomy show yeah and like they're like doing surgery i almost gagged every time like really like doing something to a person so i i uh i always say that i'm like in a scenario like that where it's like, hey, you know, like say like a car wreck or something, right? It's removed from like the track or like it's like some, all adrenaline. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's a, a lot of times like you'll see like you'll you'll be talking to people that are dealing with something like that that aren't used to dealing with something like, you know, some sort of trauma or something like that. They're just like blown out, you know, so, ah, I don't know, ah, you know, to where you're like, Hey, excuse, like, how old are you? Are you, are you, you know, like, let's just walk out of the highway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it gives you a, a, a little bit of peace of like, 
the, you can be calm in scenarios like that. Yeah. When you grow up racing dirt bikes, so you're constantly like, yeah, yeah, I know your buddy, your legs broke. Let me help your you off the track. Like you know, yeah. I remember a uh, buddy of mine broke his femur that I went to school with at Mountain View one time. And he, you know, went over the bars and like, he's laying there. I could tell obviously you could see that his femur was broke. Right. And so like instantly, like you're able to be like, okay, like let's first, let's get him safe. Let's make sure that, you know, let's cut the track off here. You know, then it's just like little things, you know, it's like hot out. Like let's, he's laying there, you know, sweating, you know, like let's get some shade and like allow the first aid guys to do their work and like, you know, ambulance and whatnot, um, you know, get there and, you know, or I can't remember. I don't think he got life flighted out, but some of the tracks, it's like Mountain View is one that, you know, a lot of people are like, life flight happens there a lot but when you chat with a lot of the first aid guys they say that they sometimes call life flight more just because it's it's a long bumpy road to get back in there you know true and so and all you know the thing about mountain view is like when there's an injury there you kind of have to shut down the whole track yeah because there's only one way in like down the road to get an ambulance down to the track or whatever right here at washugal like you can get one through the back up here into the field. You have one come up by Bell's house. Like there, you know, a lot of times you won't even know that there was an ambulance here when no. you're, you know, when you're here. So it's like, like I'll talk to the medics at the end of the day and they're like, yeah, we had two transports today. And I was like, Oh really? I, I didn't, didn't even s- know. Yeah. I didn't see here. And you know, so some, some tracks I like could just with the access, it's a little bit easier because that's kind of the, you know, like, obviously the, the dirt's a little harder at Mountain View, you know, it's, the, <laughs> you know, like the, the Mountain View clay. Yeah. Is a you hard think thing hard pack. Right. Let's go to Mountain View. But I think you get more stories out of people getting life flighted from Mountain View more because it's out a little bit in the middle of nowhere. It's easier to life flight people just because it's safer if you're transporting like a leg. That's not necessarily like we need life flight now. It's just for safety. You know, like let's life flight somebody out. Yeah. But then the whole track shut down because you got to land life flight on the track when here we can land down at your dad's, dad's house. house. Right. So even if life flight does show up, like some people will be like, oh, helicopter flew by Don't or whatever. Right. Um so yeah, that's that's pretty interesting, but um, it's you know it's 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 every track has a wild story to tell, and and somehow it's like we're still here in tw- it's twenty four already. <laughs> it's easy to remember. My, my bike's older. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's easy to uh, it's easy for me to remember what my how old I am because I was born in two thousand. So whatever year it is, that's how old I'll be. So it's, I always told my mom if I was gonna be homeless, if I wouldn't know my age. <laughs> I'd just ask someone what year it is. I'd be like 55. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2055. That's going to be a wild one. Yeah. Wow. Um, like I wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, well, I was born in the 1900s. <laughs> if you're a 2000 model. Um, yeah, I met my first new bike was a 2000 CR125, though. That was the first new bike I ever had. Dad still has it. It's, I sold it to another buddy, and then he rode it for a while, and my dad bought it back from him, and he's there. And I'm I'm just waiting to pick it up one day because that will be like a cool 125 build for the 125 Dream Race. That you would know? be cool. My first original new bike. I guess I guess my PW50 technically was new, but then I had a CR60 that used to shock me all the time. <laughs> and I, thought, <laughs> I, thought my dad, <clears throat> I thought my dad had wired it to where – because I was learning to shift – so I thought he wired it to shock me if I didn't shift. I was thinking if whenever he let off the gas, go faster, yeah. don't let off. <laughs> right. But it, it was just the, I think the kill switch basically was like, uh, grounding out on the Did bars. It oh, I was just like, Oh, was that? Oh, huh. <laughs> you just dip over like uh, yeah. the corner. Yeah. But it was an old CR 60. Did he believe uh, you? No, I mean, he doesn't remember. From, yeah, it's like one of those, it's a blur for him, like all that stuff. Like I just right? picture like my little brother Graham, like if that would ever happen to him and he crashed. I'm like, no, 
Still, yeah. like, get over it. Like that's not what happened. Well, you you always you've always had good good equipment just from being here at the track and whatnot. But um, I mean, did you when did you when did you really start like racing racing though? You know, I raced from four to eight or seven yeah. on fifties, and yeah. then my dad met his ex, well, second ex, uh, and moved up here. And I stayed down with my mom, and I only played ball sports. Like I was, like right. I kind of went to college to play baseball. Yeah, and I just backed out. Like I was like, that's not. When I moved up here, and I was fourteen, right? Uh, still didn't ride for a year and a half. Yeah, two years, a year and a half. It took me. It's like yeah. I was like living here full time around my dad riding, and he was still like training then and like battling Tommy like mm-hmm. in arena crosses and like even like here at Washington, like my dad yeah. could beat Tommy sometimes and you're right. like, you're too old for that. So this is like 2015. Yeah. So 2015. So I started riding in 2016. <laughs> yeah. so, so when you're 16. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that's when I remember you come being around here more is like back in back around, around there. And I was almost embarrassed to ride at first. Cause like, obviously my dad's name, like I'll have that. Like I always struggle with that. Like people are like, Oh, you're Ryan's son. You should be fast. Right. So then, like, when I first started riding, like, I was not good. You should be loud, hard on the clutch. Yeah. Like. Well, that's that's already a given. <laughs> not, that's already – that's a thing. We'll go through our clutch in a couple hours. But, no, like, at first, like, I was – I think that's what I struggled, like, back to the racing thing. Like, I always just have, like, this thing of, like, I'll never be Ryan Huffman, which is a, not a bad thing. But yeah. in my mind, it's, like, it shouldn't be like that, but it's in my head that, like, that's already a loss. Because, like yeah. – yeah, I don't, it's hard to explain. I'm well. I'm I'm sure a lot of a lot of kids that are like of like other athletes and stuff. Probably, I mean, who knows? Like maybe my son will feel that way. You know, yeah. which is weird. Which which would be it's something I've never really thought about. You know, and it's not like I'm like pushing him to do all of this stuff. But at the same time, like I want to be able to like I want him to be able to do whatever he wants. Yeah. But then it's hard to be like, well, it would be easier if you race dirt bikes because I want to race dirt bikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, and like know. another thing, like I've had. I have two of the Northwest guys, Jason as like pretty much an uncle. Right. He is my uncle in a sense. Right. And my dad. So mm-hmm. like two of the guys that like made it like in the nineties that, I mean. Right. In their era. They're, like Jason's they're... won a moto. Dad's. Yep. He should have won championships. It just didn't work out or whatever. Yeah. And like, I got those two in my corner. And when I first started riding, like I'd say like the first two years, like we didn't know like how I'd be. Right. But I started picking it up fast. And once I got to the intermediate class, my dad's like. If you want to like take it serious, like we, I can help you. Like he knows that he has the tools, right? And he's like, uh, he just mentioned like maybe you're like the next John Dowd. Like no one, no one knew of you coming. Yeah, like yeah. older, like no one would show up. Right. And then I just, I'd go to, like, if I'm practicing, I can. I feel like I can go fast. Mm-hmm. Like s- speed and talent isn't an issue. But like the moment someone is like around me. I lose my mind. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. I just shut down. Like I don't. I've tried to fight through it. Fight through it. I just. So it's like the pressure from somebody behind you. Yeah. Makes you like freak out and you freak can't out. focus. And I'm not like, even probably just from talking to me on normal. Like I can, I think it's. I don't think about what when I'm racing. I could think about like donuts. Like yeah. <laughs> like anything but racing. Like so I think that just I don't know. I just wasn't for me. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Maybe someday it will. I don't. I don't know. Like, I was talking to Rory last year after the National, and he's like, you probably wanted to be a great racer, and he's, like, not saying you can't be, but he's like, you can be a great person to run this facility. Oh, yeah. And oh, 100%. I, like, I mean, it's it's all about, you know, it's about, it's about learning all that stuff, and I think, for me, it was always, I like to chase people down rather than start from the front, and, and then I'm I got starter. really good, and then I got really good at starts, 
And then it was like, people were always right behind me. And so yeah. then I had to just like focus on like, you know, like, uh, attacking like the track, you know? And for me, it was like, I, I never had a ton of money. So it was like, I never had a trainer never had, you know, I mean, I, I had a lot of friends that helped me, I yeah. should say. Right. And some friends that helped me like, you know, with like some technique, maybe like here or there, but I, I was never like the guy like that was like, Oh, I should figure this out. And it's even, even today though, it's funny. Cause I'll be helping, helping a kid or helping somebody. And I'll be like, Oh, you know, you should come into this course, sit a little bit higher up on the seat, like wait the outside peg, like get out of here, you know? And then I'll walk away and I'll be like, I should start doing that too. <laughs> I was telling <laughs> I had you know? a couple people like offered like, Hey, like during the summer, if you want to train my kid. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'd love to. Like, I mean, I'm here all the time. Like, mm-hmm. and it's funny, like when you te- like when you teach someone, you like remember like why wasn't I doing that in that corner? Oh yeah, like like I can preach it, uh-huh. but why wasn't I doing it? So it almost helps you even ride, anyways. Yeah, I think. Well, it's funny, like here, like look right towards the end of the day, every almost everybody's done riding, and Mikey Pillar just goes out. He'll do a twenty. Yeah, the tracks the gnarliest it's been, and he's gonna go out there and he's kind of cruising around, and then he'll do like a, you know, the end of the day. Track. That's a kid that. If everything went right, he could be like a Levi. Yeah. He puts the he time just, in for sure. I mean, I so when I first started getting him dialed in with Fox, uh, I that's what I was pitching. I was like, hey, dude, this guy, family's awesome, kid's awesome. Close to Washougal. Yeah, he lives up on top of the hill. Like, I was just kind of like giving the whole like, hey, you, you could do a – you know, like, like little video of him getting on his bike, getting his gear on and coming down through the woods and right onto the track. Jesse's photos. I've talked to him about that a couple of times, like doing, he's like, imagine like waking up, like say, put a cot in my shop and Mm -hmm. just like being in my gear and then like right out of the shop, like right to the track. Like that's where I think a lot of people too, like, like Mikey's lucky. Like when I was his age, like think of like when you were his age, like say you were here, you will never look at this place. Like, like you wouldn't know how lucky you are. Well, that's what we started out chatting about that. Like, you know, like you first remember your time coming up here, you know, and that's, that's the hard part. And even with my son too, like he has these bikes and like this stuff and dad has these motorcycles and there's a track and we get a little track. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's such a different scenario when you're talking with kids that are and parents that, you know, we see all the time that don't, they weren't racers. They don't understand any of it, you know? No. And I feel like there's a bit of a lost spot there, like that we should help those parents out a little bit more. Cause it's so overwhelming when you come up here and it's just like, there's this massive track and like these big ass jumps and like there's kids flying and it's loud and you know, there's all kinds of shit and they're just like, oh, I don't know if this is for us, you know, yeah. and they go somewhere else, you know, it was dude. the other, the, like the electric bike stuff, like, the time I spent on like the Stark Varg and it's always hilarious because everybody's like, wait, you're the two stroke guy. Yeah. So you're changing. What's up with- you went from old school to you skipped the middle. <clears throat> well, it's just like, what's about, what's up with the, you know, it's like today I was on my 450 Cowie and then it's yeah. like, I, you know, it's, uh, it's all, I mean, for me, it's just about motorcycles in general and there's, there's a place for each, each bike. And I ride my Alta the most with my son at home because i can just jump on it and follow him and i could be like he's just on learning the ropes on his stasic you know because like when i jumped on rory's like obviously it's quiet yeah first thing i like went to is i needed this just for hunting yeah (laughs) all right well that's that's a perfect scenario too is like yeah the hunting side of things or um you know uh it just uh, i'll i'll always say it's the easiest bike for you to just, if you want to ride for 20 minutes, you just jump on 
and just rip, just go rip around. You don't have to warm it up. You don't have to do any maintenance. Oil. You don't have to do anything. It's like it's good to go. But but it's fun, like deal, you know, just messing around with all of those bikes and and uh, you know, I mean, that's the the thing as as the future goes. Like you know, we could like what are they going to be racing in ten years? Yeah, I uh, we don't know. I, the one thing I keep saying though is the RC car world has been electric for the most part, off and on for well, it's been primarily biz- the business of rc cars have been selling electric vehicles but still to this day the high-end like pinnacle of rc car racing is eight scale nitro buggies so like that's still fuel related and and i don't see like a, a lot of that stuff going away like it's still going to be there and and uh i think it's it's going to be like another option right it's going to be there'll be like a lot le- more electric classes, but I don't see like MX sports or an electric supercross anytime soon. Solely because like how of the, would, like say pro circuit. Yeah. Like is Cowie going to make an electric bike? And then that's the, like say Levi would ride for pro circuit Cowie. So the way like, I, how would that work? Right. The, but the way I would see it happening is they still want to sell. You got to think about Cowie as a business, right? They still want to sell their two fifty F and the four fifty F they're going to introduce, right? A electric bike, just like all of the other brands will, will at some point, right? Yeah. Um, so let's just say they introduce something like that. They're going to have – it's just like uh, Formula One today. They still have – they have the Formula One E-class, and then they have their their premier Formula One class, right? Um, it'll be like another class there. And then – and it's going to be different on how, like, everybody's like, oh, it's going to suck. Like, it's – you know, the gate's going to drop. And it'll be different for sure, and you're not going to hear anything. Like, I've been to the first electric race when we were – back when we used to go down and do the uh, the uh, mini mini Supercross down in Vegas. They had uh, the Zeros uh, electric bike race down there. It's like, yeah, gate drops, and all you hear is – you know, you hear through the whoops. It's just chain slap and the whole thing. That it, was what's but, weird. When I jumped on Rory's – like I jumped the triple first lap, jumped the road. He told me not to, and I was like, it, "Once right. you once you ride a dirt bike, like there's like jumping them, like they're all the same." But yeah. with that thing, you can't just let off on the lip. I right. learned like it like yep. kind of dies. But then I went straight into like, "Oh, like the suspension's good. Like I'll just try to hammer the whoops." Scared the shit out of me the first lap because you just <laughs> like, you yeah. hear the chain, which we should be used to with the cowies. We right. I still hear it with the cowies, but with no noise. Yeah, it was like okay, no, I don't like that noise. Yeah, so it'll be different. And I think as a promoter, too, you would have to – you it gives you the opportunity to look at that different. Like if you go to like a skate competition or BMX competition, they don't – you know, you, you, you lean on your, your commentators more. You got like two commentators. You got music going. You know, yeah. you can change it up and do certain things like that. And it, it's definitely going to, you know, going to be different, but I think it's also going to be opportunities. You know, I think it's hard for the majority of all of us to be like, no, that stuff sucks, but – Right now, I'm just looking at it as like, hey, it's a, it's something fun to do, like it's 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 different. It's something that allows me to like, and that's kind of the reason why Rory got the electric bike for training purposes. Like, it's so much easier for him to just jump on it and cruise. Talk. He can keep it in the but he can charge it in the back of his van. He doesn't have to change. Like you said, or like or earlier, he said like change oil, do that thing. It's easy for him to yeah, help talk and train people you know without having another engine running yeah um there's no clutch so you can if you have to hold something or you can rip around you know there's that whole thing so it'll be interesting it'll be you know <laughs> years ago when the altas were first came out i remember having the conversation with your dad i go i go hey as a track owner and promoter like what's your thoughts on all this stuff he's like oh yeah it's cool you know like i uh, think it'll be it'll be interesting and i go well no like don't you realize that you're gonna have to bring in all this whole like uh infrastructure for to, for people to plug in all their shit you know he's like well i don't know like they could run generators or whatever i go can you imagine being like 
on the PA. Hey, everybody, turn your generators off so we can do the national anthem because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's charging their bike after yeah. practice or whatever. So that's another thing. It's just the infrastructure that's going to have so to like be involved. I wouldn't have, like how you would think of it, but I wouldn't think of it like first thing. Like that wasn't. Like right. that's yeah. Like I wouldn't have thought of that. It's, it's right different, away. but it was cool. Like the when I went down and raced Thursday night on the on the Stark Varg, like your average racer could go do two motos and the practice like at Thursday night on one charge. You know, yeah. that's the cool part about PR. There's a lot of plugins everywhere, and I was parked right next to one, so I plugged the thing in, and I was like, well, let's see how fast it'll charge. You know, and like each time I went to the line, it was almost how 100%. long did it, so like say say they allow that to race in the I get. I would assume it'd be the 450 class, right? Those things are so fast. So <clears throat> from what I understand, Stark is working with promoters to where, well, right now, if you came off the track, I could just look at your bike and see what horsepower rating you're at. Yeah. But what they're doing now with promoters is they're allowing them to have, like, say, in the tower, say there's, like, five Starks out there, right? You can link via wi-fi to each one of those bikes and you can see what horsepower they're on so like me and you could be out there and like your dad could be in the tower going like oh yeah well you know we allow up to a stock cowie's 52 horsepower we allow up to 52 horsepower oh it looks like joey's in 47 horsepower you know brendan's in 60 (laughs) right yeah we're gonna black flag brendan (laughs) because he's you know he's in 60 horsepower so that's like the future of that stuff, right? Yeah. Is you'll just be able to just see, you know, like you could see like as people are out there, like what they're doing. You well, know? that's another thing too. I mean, not kind of off topic, but did you hear, I think it was Gypsy Tales was talking about like they should have like a uh, a crew chief guy talking in their helmet, like for lappers. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you heard that or not. Well, that's been, that's always been a battle back and forth. Like do we allow radios for racers? I wouldn't like it. You know? I think it would have to be one way. I don't think a lot of riders would be talking. So it'd be like more of a safety thing, right? To where it'd be yeah. like somebody's down on the finish. But they sh- how would they – so say like it was only a safety thing. What if one team was like saying like someone's hitting a line right here? Like it, then it takes away from the racer doing it on his own. Yeah, you could be – and that well, that's more of an evolution though. I think us as riders now, we wouldn't maybe use it as much, but the kids growing up would get into it more, yeah. you know? I mean, I, what are they doing? They're putting uh, computer chips in people's heads now to where you, you're just going to be able to – radio won't even matter, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, true. <laughs> they could be watching their – they could be watching them on race day live while they're also riding. <laughs> that's weird. Is that – Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> think about it that way. That'll yeah. blow your mind, right? Yeah, it's a little different. So, yeah, that's that's all, all kinds of random – that's definitely going to be 2055. Yeah, that'll be when I'm 55. <laughs> yeah, 2055. So, well, this was fun to do. Um, good job getting out here and getting the corner track going. I mean, I always enjoy coming up here. I know all the people out here that have enjoyed it a lot. And, uh, yeah, good luck on on uh, building up big fire pits of <laughs> branches. Yeah, not and burning. All that. kinds of shit, you know. So, yeah. anyhow. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll do another one of these. Uh, later on down. Maybe we'll do one pre pre wash Eagle. We I, should. Yeah. I told your dad that we need to do um we need to do one for Wash Eagle that just talks about like what's going on each month so people have more. Well since you're doing the old timers thing, that's yeah two weeks before, so maybe like one of the nights of the old timer thing. Yeah, we could do that for sure. So yeah, we'll look forward to it. Sounds good. All right.